This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 533 with Shannon Kenny Carbonell and Nestor Carbonell. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 533. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Bulldog Online Yoga. Try your first 30 days for free at bulldogonline.com and use the code SHAMELESS to get an additional 50% off your first paid month. That's bulldogonline.com, code SHAMELESS. Shannon Kenny Carbonell grew up in Sydney, Australia and moved to the U.S. at 18 to study acting. After earning her BFA in theater from the California Institute of the Arts, she worked in regional theater where she had the privilege of playing some classic roles like Nina in The Seagull, Julie in Miss Julie, and Helena in A Midsummer Night's Dream. She then transitioned into television guest star roles, one of her favorites being Katrina Banks on HBO's Dream On, a parody of Courtney Love, where she got to shoot heroin between her toes, sing in a music video with Brian Benben, and being the excitable girl she was, experience the thrill of meeting Warren Zevin. Her other favorite guest star role was playing Allison, George's girlfriend, on Seinfeld. Yes, that Seinfeld. 
Shannon was cast in series regular roles on TV shows, and if she fails to rank the show Muscle as her best experience, she would risk offending her wonderful husband, Nestor, who you might recognize from his role on Lost or more recently on The Morning Show. It was on this show that the two of them defied the producer's orders not to date other cast members. After many roles in movies and on TV, Shannon pushed pause on acting to focus on motherhood, while Nestor, her husband, was traveling to film Lost. Shannon and Nestor currently live in LA with their two sons, Rafa and Marco, and their dog, Donna Borelli Carbonell. I want a dog with that fancy of a name. I might need to rename Piper. Shannon just published her first book, All Is Not Lost, which talks about her journey into motherhood and her journey back to herself and all the ways her life paralleled the show Lost, which has been so near and dear to their family. When Shannon reached out to me about this interview, she said, hey, my husband Nestor might be able to join us. And I had just finished watching The Morning Show, which is one of my favorite series of 2020, easily. And I said, yes, I would love to have you. And if Nestor's available, let's do it. And so we did it. And so this is a really fun conversation with Shannon and Nestor. We talk about so many different things. And I have to say, it was really, really special to have a shameless mom on the show with their partner and their partner kind of being along for the ride and being this support role and sharing his version and views as he watched his wife struggle with identity and relearn how to live in motherhood and like find her way back to herself and all the things that all of us do in motherhood. But we don't often get to hear what our husbands think of seeing that journey and kind of seeing it from the outside. And so it was really cool to have Nestor here for that. So thank you, Shannon and Nestor, for both of you coming to this conversation, because it was just there was a lot of vulnerability here. And we haven't had the opportunity to see it on the show in this way before. And so I'm so grateful for both of them. So listen in to hear Shannon and Nestor share how Shannon lost her sense of identity after motherhood, the unexpected sense of loss, grief, and emptiness that she felt as she left her career and stepped into motherhood, the risks of space and silence when we no longer have reasons to lean into our gifts and creativity, how being in Hawaii for Lost played a huge role in her reconnecting to her identity, her life parallel storylines in Lost and how the show helped lead her back to herself. And then we also hear from Nestor and what it was like for him to see Shannon struggle with her identity. And also we dive into why we all want to be seen and our constant search for meaning and why this is so significant in our lives. This is a really special conversation. I know you're all going to be inspired. You're going to learn some new things. You're going to laugh a few times. You're for sure going to want to go buy Shannon's book, All Is Not Lost. And then you might want to go watch every season of Lost. So with all that, let's go ahead and welcome Shannon Kenny Carbonell and Nestor Carbonell to the Shameless Mom Academy. Shannon and Nestor, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy and really honored to have you both here today. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thanks for having us, Sarah. We're thrilled to be here with you. Yeah, and we actually love your show. Oh, thank you so much. I don't often get to interview two people and only on very rare occasions, married partners. So this is super exciting. We love to bickering. <laughs> right, right. Maybe it's so, <laughs> it might be a therapy session. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It could yes. turn into that. Yes. <laughs> so we have, Shannon, I wanted you to come on the show to talk about your new book, which I'm so excited about. So the new book is All Is Not Lost. Is that correct? Yes, that's. And I'm so excited about the book. It's about motherhood. It's about your identity. And you and Nestor both have this background where you often are playing other people's identities and you get to show up in this book as you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, it is about my identity, but it actually is a big part of it is my loss of identity. Mm. And that happened really after I, well, it was after my second um, child was born and I was an actress. Um, that's how Esther and I met. And I kind of lost my mojo for acting, even though it was a dream that I had held since I was about nine years old to be an actor. And I became very drawn to wanting to be a full-time mom. Also, the business was moving out of LA at the time and Nesta was traveling a lot. But I, so I quit. I went to my manager's office and I told her that I was done. And almost immediately, almost very quickly after, I felt a huge gaping hole inside of me. And I felt that I had no identity. I felt like I was a loser, <laughs> to be frank. Even though I, I was in love with my kids and it was a rewarding experience, obviously, and I wanted to be there for my kids, I felt as though there was a big part of me that was missing and I then had no idea how to fill that part. And I was pretty lost. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to share a little bit of your connection to the word lost and what that means. Cause that means, so we were talking, you know, very literally in the sense of identity and losing something there, but you're also using a play on words here. Do you want to describe that? Yes. Well, Nestor, I think at the time of my quitting, he was actually just about to book that series lost mm. the series of lost and he would be traveling to Hawaii throughout those years, starting with small trips. And then as the seasons of loss went by, his role got bigger and bigger. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, Shannon's right. It started out as a recurring role and then it, the part started to grow. And, and the, one of the hardest things naturally was flying back and forth to Hawaii. Not for me, of course, because I got to be in paradise. <laughs> Sounds uh, horrible. I'm so sorry. Believe me, I had to play it down. But I, yeah, I was like, it's raining all the time. It's awful. The beach is not as great. <laughs> but I know Hawaii. No, Shannon, in fact, Shannon said that if either one of us ever books you know, Lost, even if it's a whatever guest star, we're all going to Hawaii. And we didn't get to go when I did that first episode. But later on, when the show, when the role grew, we all did go back. Anyway, long story short, it was incredibly difficult for Shannon, as it was with every other job that when I had to travel because she was... You know, as most moms know, when you're uh, home alone, it's, you know, you're doing zone defense, particularly with, with two kids. And, you know, we have no family support here in Los Angeles. My, my parents, my family are, you know, in Connecticut. Shannon's family's in Australia. So we're kind of on our own out here. We, we were. So that was particularly difficult for Shannon. But That was hard. That's the labor of mothering, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, you know, it's a laborious job. It's, it can be really monotonous. And yet, of course, just seeing your kids grow is so fulfilling. But for me, it was that I didn't know what it was, but there were kind of like these silences in my life that once were filled yeah. by, by being an actor. And it was filled with moments of just sort of working on my characters or, you know, working on a character and filling that character's life through my imagination and through work that now I felt were just dead. And it really scared me. And I didn't know what to do with that. And I felt very unhinged, sort of. And I felt, I felt like, I mean, it sounds awful. And I, I think moms will relate to it. But I felt like I was sort of nothing. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a very sort of, I mean, it's actors don't want to be actors without wanting to be seen, right? Yes. I, I was guilty of that. And ever yes. since I was nine, I, um, I kind of kept it to myself, but I had these sort of illusions of being famous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a little rituals I would do and, and I'm kind of embarrassed by it. And, but I kind of had to sort of come to terms with myself that I had almost brainwashed myself into wanting to be somebody or to be the sparkling creature that everybody looked at. And I really had to take steps to like get out of that and to really come to terms with myself as in the beginning, I thought it was, oh, I'm just another mom. I'm one of the millions and I bit the dust like other actors do. And now I'm a nobody, but I knew that was not right. And I knew that wanting chasing fame, I was old enough to know that that is not a good place to be in. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that I'd actually gone to theater school and I had learned to become an actress and I was deeply in love with acting. And, you know, I'd done plays and Shakespeare and Ibsen and I'd really trained as an actress. But there was a big part of me that wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. And now I felt invisible. Oh my goodness. I think that what you said is so relatable to some moms in so many areas. So in your instance, it's in acting and wanting to be seen. In my instance, this sounds like such a funny example in comparison, but it was very true for me. So when I had my son, I owned a gym and I taught boot camp and I led these communities of women. And for me, that was like my being seen, like being up and being a leader and being in charge of this and in charge of like helping them transform their lives and all these things. And I mean, you can tell now, like me having a podcast, it's being seen. And so I think that women often in their careers and often in different decisions that they've made in their lives that end up encapsulating big parts of their identity really do want to be seen. And I think that piece of motherhood, the invisibility that you mentioned, that is just a very real feeling. And Nestor, I'm curious, did could you see any of this happening or were you unaware? Because I also know for me, it took me a while to figure this out. And it was definitely not something I could have articulated to my husband. Oh, okay. Now that, that's, well, Shannon's open book. She really, you know, since. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, I know a lot from the day I met her. No, I, no, that's one of the beautiful things about Shannon is that what you see is what you get. And Shannon was able to articulate that. And what I, what struck me the most the pain I saw, there's two, th- two elements to it. You know, first of all, and Shannon details this in the book so beautifully, is that, you know, she worked so hard to get to where she was. She didn't have any resources. She was 17, working on a soap opera in Australia, saved up all that money to be the first person in her family to go to college and use that money to pay for her first year in, in CalArts. She'd actually gotten into Juilliard, but she couldn't afford it. So she, she got into CalArts, paid for that first year, and then subsequently had to win a scholarship every year, be, be the number one person in her class to win the scholarship every year just to maintain, just to stay at that school. So I knew the lengths that Shannon had gone to, the sacrifices she made to be an actress. And, you know, again, she didn't get to go home for Christmas where everyone else got to go home because she couldn't afford it. So the sacrifices she made for this dream were enormous, you know. So, so I, I had that history behind me, uh, that history of Shannon that I knew, you know, that was a part of her. And then, yeah, like I said, Shannon was very open and she always is open about how she's feeling and she's able to articulate that so well. But the other thing that struck me was the guilt. And you've already sort of touched on that. This guilt of, yeah, I know that I have these two incredible blessings in these, in these children. I know on top of that, I'm blessed that I, I don't have to hold a job. I can actually be home and elect to do that and stay home 
And yet I feel this awful guilt because I have this cavity in my chest that I can't fill, that motherhood alone isn't filling. And, and what you alluded to, Sarah, you know, working at, you know, doing a boot camp and having your own, you know, gym and everything. I mean, it harkens to this whole idea of, you know, and it's for any gender, you know, male or female, it's your search for meaning, you know, Absolutely. we're all sort of, we're all kind of want meaning and we all want to find meaning and being seen you know, for some level of work. And I think for you, that was acting and then motherhood you thought might replace that. It. it just, it wasn't quite the same thing. Yeah. No, and, and that's just right. I, um, even, you know, one of my best girlfriends at the time was struggling with infertility and I felt like such an a-hole. I'm, I'm here complaining and she, she can't even have a kid right now mm-hmm. at that time. And we're lucky enough that I can actually be a full-time mom. And I know that's rare, you know, and I know. And then I was like, just be quiet, you spoiled lady, be quiet. <laughs> and I don't know, I just, I guess everything's relative, but I don't know. I just, I just couldn't deny that I, that something was big and missing. And it was also a time when I really... I wanted to be fully there for my kids because that was yeah. the project of my life. Right. And then I just felt like I wanted to be able to lead them. And yet I was completely in a maze. Mm-hmm. And I really felt at the time I wasn't giving Nestor what I should have been giving him. That was also bad. No, and you did. And we doing this. <laughs> no, I know you did. And, and, uh, and I mean, she- you did it. You I know I did it. on the surface. No. Explain what you mean by that or explain what you felt like you, because I relate to what you just said. And I'm, I want to hear more about, about it. Yeah. It's like whenever we would argue about something, I would say, you don't have a leg to stand on. I am allowing you this career mm. <laughs> right here. You know, it was just that tit for tat stuff. Yeah. Just like, oh my God, why am I doing this again? As I was doing it. And I had <laughs> in my head saying, it made sense. Nesta's career was was just firing ahead of mine anyway. And I really was, I mean, I liked that. I liked that. And every win he got, I really was happy. And it was like, it was great. Mm-hmm. It, it was good for our family yeah. and great for him. But I had resentments. Mm-hmm. I had big resentments. And, you know, if I was seeking something from him and he didn't give me sort of, you know, does my butt look okay in this? And he didn't give me what he wanted to, which is the worst question, of course. Like, you get stopped by everybody on the street and they tell you how wonderful you are. Just just lie about my butt. <laughs> lie you know? about my butt. <laughs> just lie. I never had a problem, an issue with anything. This is just an example. Okay, all right. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it was worse than that. Right. I don't know. Yeah, hard. You don't want to be a, like a whining kind no, of no, but it, but person. It, but it, it goes back to the big existential question: you know, what are we doing on this planet, and what are we all here for? And for you, for so long, and for me, you know, it was you know, okay, we identified as actors; that was our identity. Suddenly, you're forced to give up on what you thought was you to this new role, and it's just not filling you in the same way. It isn't deeper in other ways, but I mean, now, as we both know, and you having written the book, I mean, obviously you'll speak about what you feel, but certainly me as I'm getting older, and yes, I've had the benefit of having a career as an actor now, it means a lot less and less every day in that way that it used to back when I started, certainly than anything else. My God, we have two kids, I have you, you know, and we have, we have, we have big families, you know. You, certainly as you grow older, you hope that all of that sort of frivolous thing, the, the, the frivolous things you held on to, you know, yeah. mean less and less, you know, because, you know, but it's a long way to get there. 
it was yeah. a long way to get there. And there's the other thing, you know, I mentioned Chekhov. It's kind of, <laughs> as we say in Australia, it's a bit wanky. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I had done a lot of work on Chekhov through just doing theatre when I graduated theatre school and also through theatre school. But, you know, he always talks, all the characters in his plays talk about work and love, work and family. That's all you need to survive. And I felt like I had my family and I was doing the work. I mean, so I had the love and there was work involved, but I wasn't working that day-to-day work that I remembered and that I had had really my whole life. I'd been a really hard worker. Yeah. And I felt like that's gone. What do I do now? Yeah. I relate to, and I think a lot of moms do, I had set myself up. We actually went through a, a fairly lengthy infertility journey. And so by the time my son arrived, I felt like I had been in this really advantageous position. It was like, if there was going to be a gift of infertility, I got one. And what I got was I got a couple extra years to build my business to the point that I could stay home after he was born. So I had this gym, but I had other people running it and teaching all the classes and it was going to be just great. And then when I was actually home with him, I was like, this is what I just spent years building. And this is not what I thought it was going to be. And so I know a lot of moms with infertility say that. Yeah. And that hole where you're like, this was the thing that was supposed to complete me. And I've put everything else aside for it. And not that I'm not deeply grateful. And I felt like I should be like, that's what I, I felt like I was only allowed to focus on being grateful because it had been such a journey to get there. But then I thought like, I don't want to be with him all day. And <laughs> that's not okay to say out loud. And that took a while for me to figure out like how to navigate that and what I was going to do about that because it was very glaring very quickly that I was not going to be a stay-at-home mom like I had thought I was going to be my whole life. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. 
This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Good for you, though. You, um, I think that you had this solid understanding of what you needed. I don't know how solid it was. <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was more like calls to my husband. In fact, when you said Nestor being in Hawaii, I was thinking of all the nights that my husband said, I'll be home from work at 5.15. And literally, if he came home at like 5.17, I was like, you have betrayed me. You told me 5.15 and it is 5.17. And I only allotted enough energy to survive until 5.15 today. And like now we're done. (laughs) I mean, it's like, and there's just not enough alcohol after that. And (laughs) right. Time, especially when the kids are particularly young, we all know time is gold. You know, I remember one time (laughs) we, and this is another reason I empathize with Shannon because, you know, we have a lot of downtime as actors. So there were times when I would take the kids you know, when they're really young for a while, like give her a day. And I was like, there's no way in hell I could do this full time. There's no way. <laughs> and yet you told me you wanted to. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's lying. You got to lie sometimes. <laughs> so, so, but I do remember one time, it was pilot season, which is when, when you know, they're making all the pilots and you get all these scripts and you go on audition. And it was, and I don't know if it was Rafa or Marco. I think it was Rafa. It was really young. And we weren't getting a lot of sleep. And I was like, oh man, I just need some sleep. But I had to you know, work on this material. But I told Shannon, hey, babe, can you just take the baby for just a little bit? I got to work on this material. I got this audition. And she looked at me kind of askance. And she's like, oh, OK. You know, and I was like, I, just, I, need, a, I need a nail. So I went to like, we had this little shed in the back. And, but there was a futon there. And I oh. went through the script. And then I was like, I started reading. And I was like, oh, excuse me. Uh, screw this. And I lay down. And I closed my eyes. Not 10 minutes later, the door opens. She's like, I knew you were going to say Anyway, so I know how time, I know how brutal, how tedious, how awful. Yes. Those first years, I'm, I'm sorry, those are awful years. Those are the perfect <laughs> words, brutal, tedious, and awful. I mean, yeah. those are the awful. things you're not supposed to say out loud. Oh, like, no, you're, no. you're supposed to be like, it's precious and beautiful. No, no. I mean, of course, they're awesome, but they're also, I mean, the work is just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have to say that I did write this book with no intention and I did not want to get into, you know, like the mommy wars. Although I feel like that period is over of, you know, certain women choose to work, certain women don't. Right. Because I have no, I don't care what people do. I, right. And I think moms are really smart when they know what to do. Exactly. And, and I do now, you know, now my, our kids are, you know, we have one in college. One is almost 16. I don't, and I see the kids that have grown up with working moms and without, and they, there is no difference. In right. These, these right. kids, and most, for the most part, they're all pretty great kids. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I really think it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I really don't delve into that. 
I want to make that clear. Yeah. I just delve into what is gained and what is lost. Yes. Yes. Thomas, before we move on, I just want to remind you that you have a little more time to get early bird access to the Shameless MomCon Collective. That means the very best pricing, the very best bonuses. And I think this might be the next right step for you because the last year you have been superhuman. The fatigue is real. The overwhelm is too much, but you have given it all you got. And I know that now you are ready. You're ready to move forward from 2020. You're ready to find your mojo again after a relentless year of worry and uncertainty. You're ready to overcome the constant self-doubt and indecision of pandemic life. You're ready to find a major dose of inspiration to light your soul back on fire. You're ready to make changes in your life that bring you joy. You're ready to set better boundaries in your work and in your relationships in order to have more power every day, and you're ready to be in community with other moms who are ready to grow and thrive with you. And you might be thinking, yeah, I'm ready. So now what? (laughs) So now what is come join us, come sign up for the Shameless MomCon Collective. This is a four week virtual event. So everything's virtual. Everything is from the comfort of your own home. And during this four-week experience, you are going to have rich learning opportunities from world-class speakers. You're going to have powerful coaching with me every week. So there's going to be speakers each week. There's going to be coaching with me each week. There's going to be happy hour each week where we get to have some fun. There's going to be a private Facebook group where you will have lots of opportunities to connect with other moms and where you will also have some guidance every single day for the four weeks in terms of how to frame your day, how to win the day, how to have gratitude in your day, even on those days that feel extra messy. This is going to be a life-changing experience for you. Everyone who's participated in Shameless MomCon the last couple of years has walked away saying, holy cow, I can't even believe what just happened. Who am I now? Because it's going to shift your life. It's going to shift the way that you manage your mindset, and it's going to shift the way you take action in your life. So to learn more and to get the best pricing, go ahead and go to shamelessmom.com slash momcon. That's shamelessmom.com slash momcon. Of course, this will also be linked in the show notes of this episode. So you can go to this episode show notes and click right through to the event page from there. Get yourself signed up. I don't want you to miss out on early bird pricing. And I cannot wait to have you join us for the Shameless MomCon Collective. Can you talk a little bit about that? Talk about what is gained and what is lost. Well, I think what is I gained, well, definitely gained. Yes, of course. And I had to take this pretty incredible journey. Mm-hmm. back to who I really was. And that's where yes. loss comes in because we moved to Hawaii for a whole year and it was an amazing year. I would say one of my happiest years. Mm. And I was a huge fan of loss even before Nestor was on the show. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And so when we got to move there for a year, it was really exciting. And who doesn't love Hawaii? <laughs> Yeah. And so, but I did think I would spend that year actually kind of looking inward and being sort of, you know, um, sort of monk-like and I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to sit on a hill for a year and I'm going to work it all out. But the exact opposite happened. Mm. And, and this is where Lost comes in. I mean, I'm like an actor. Sorry, there's noise in the back here because that's fine. No, I don't hear it at all. We love dogs. So yeah. growling. <laughs> you love our dogs. I mean, my dog is half the time throwing up in the background. It's totally fine. That dog is a little kind of, she's hot and cold. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so 
the exact opposite happened. And I really did. I felt like, I mean, I'm an actor. I really am. I easily suspend disbelief. And it's very easy for me to get caught up in shows. And I, um, I felt like I was like one of the survivors that I crashed on this island. And there were some pretty bad things that happened that year too. There were some incredibly big family conflicts. But aside from that, I met some people, women mostly, that I connected with very quickly and who took me on these adventures in, on the island that only locals know where some of these locations were. And that were the, the land over there is very commanding. It runs, you can tell that there's deep history in that land. And, uh, you know, the people that were originally on the island, there's a strong history and there is a, a big connection to that island and you can feel it. And so some of the places they took me to were extremely spiritual and quite healing. And then some of the places we just had some goofy, weird adventures. And then there were people I met that I didn't even really know, strangers who impacted my life in a big way, more than they would ever know. And just experiences that I had and some big, some big world experiences. There was the big Haiti earthquake happened when we were there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how that impacted the boys, the little boys. They were little then, um, seven and four, mm. and impacted us. And literally symbols. There were symbols that I found, that I saw, and I don't know if I was open to it. I don't know. Or it was the island itself that hit me like a lightning bolt. And this all kind of, it was this amazing journey, these stories, and it all led led me to this place without me really even knowing it of home within myself. Mm. And I'm swear to God, I did not want to leave that island. <laughs> I bet. It sounds, what a gift. to. It sounds like you weren't really looking for that, but you were open and these gifts came to you. And yeah, to, to leave that would be really challenging. It was really hard. And the survivors, I don't know if you watched the show, but you know, they, I have to tell you, I have not watched Lost and my husband has watched the whole thing. Uh, and when I told him I was doing this interview, I'm like, I feel like I can't share this. I also have not watched Game of Thrones. And so if you haven't watched oh, Lost or Game of Thrones, I think you're like, you're not allowed to live in this world if you haven't watched either of them. I like TV. I haven't watched Game of Thrones so, But I actually was saying to my husband, I really want to start watching Lost. I've been waiting. My son is eight. And I was like, what if it would be really fun, I think, if we could watch it together? Because we love a show that has a lot of seasons and like that we can get really invested in the characters. So we were trying to to wait a bit though. Eight eight is a bit young. That's what my husband was saying. He was like, it's not quite, he's not quite ready. So anyways, go ahead though. That was my big confession for the interview. Oh no, please. There's so much good stuff too on TV right now. I mean, it's like, it's like a spoil of riches on TV. I know. I um, know. Well, the only thing I was going to say, because then this you know, speak a lot, but this happens a lot. I talk a lot. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love listening to it. Oh, no, but there's a thing of it in, um, in the show where the survivors, all they want to do is go back. I never really wanted that. But then once they're home, all they want to do is get back to the island. Yes. And, oh my gosh. That was me. 
That's life. Six months here. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, we're, yeah, we're essentially in paradise. I remember at one point, Shannon was like, do you think there's anything on no Wi-Fi vote for you? (laughs) (laughs) And believe me, I asked. (laughs) I'm sure like all of a sudden your work criteria got very small, like must take place in Hawaii. (laughs) See that or let's open up a coffee shop. It's one of the two, but it was, you know, believe me. Yeah, no, it was tough. I mean, Shannon had a really hard time coming back. And, and I understood it because of what that whole, that year, and that's what the book is essentially. It's that year with flashbacks to your childhood as well. Mm. But And strong parallels to loss. To loss, to the actual, yeah, and, the character. And a, a kind of a deep dive because we've, um, I've had a lot of losties, you know, big fans sort mm. of ask me, what is there about lost in it? And it's not a tell-all, but it is a big deep dive into an actor's life on a hit show like that. And I do get quite deep into the psychological, you know, the, into the head of actors. Yeah. But as it relates to people and us in our relationship and that other thing that fills us or, or used to fill me. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Can you talk about the silences that you experienced when you became a full-time mom and how did that play out over the course of this journey? Those were the moments sort of when I, you know, when you stop and your kids are asleep, like if you're at a traffic light or you're taking a shower, you know, in those moments when these ideas hit you and your mind is sort of fertile with, with ideas. And for me, it was mostly about characters. Mm-hmm. I loved journeying into people's, other people. I think I say in the book, I can't remember exactly how I put it, but I like to journey into their psychic load because it made my psychic load a little less heavy, you know? <laughs> and are you and characters that you are watching on TV or characters that you're playing? No, no. I said I was playing. We had a lot of auditions. Okay. okay. And, I, you know, we take auditions really seriously. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then often when I was working, okay. the person I was playing. And you only do the backstory really as it relates to what you're saying in the story that you're telling. Right. It has to be full and rich. So if you're talking, say, about, you know, oh, well, when I was at my parents last week and we had that dinner, you know, you have to know in your head really what you're talking about. So what happens at that dinner? What are your parents like? Mm -hmm. I'm making a story up. You have to have context around the whole thing. Yeah. So when I was in those silent moments, when I was working with my first baby I worked for a couple of years so that would happen then and and then all throughout my career and my acting life so that was since I was 18 really I guess a little bit before I would think about those people that I was playing Mm -hmm. and I would write about them a lot too and there's a big sort of hen brain gut connection Mm -hmm. And, and so I would so in those silent moments in the shower or when the kids were asleep and that or even doing the dishes or making their food or whatever. Those moments used to be filled for me of building that other person. Were those moments, because this is true for me, were those moments escapes from motherhood? Like your permission. And I'm thinking, I love that you said the shower because that is such a perfect example for me. Like you turn on the water, you can't kind of hear what else is happening in the household and your mind just goes. And for me, like I'll jump out of the shower and immediately like on my phone typing in notes because I thought of like a brilliant podcast episode or something. And But it's like I'm transported for 10 minutes to this other world and I get permission to let everything else go away for a minute. Yeah. So imagine those moments and then nothing. Mm. Those moments are there and all this stuff used to come up and now there's nothing. Yeah. I don't have it anymore. 
Yeah. I don't know what to do with nothing. Right. And now I've conditioned myself. I'm an actress. I'm an actress who wants to be a star. And that's all I, I didn't even have hobbies really. Mm-hmm. It's, I always tell my boys now, you have to have interests, have hobbies, yeah. have enthusiasms, do other things, you know, because, you know, my youngest doesn't know what he wants, but my oldest does. And they, I'm so grateful they took that seriously because I was very single-minded. Yeah. You like that and you lose, you lose what you thought you were, what you were going to be, and you really haven't paid attention to much else. You lose everything. Mm -hmm. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption and liver toxicity which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home so like the installation free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all 
types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. And then on the flip side, when you're, if you're full-time invested in motherhood, And so you go through this experience of losing a career or putting a career on pause or whatever. And then you finally adapt to that over the course of 18 years or so as you're raising your child or your children, even more years, maybe if there's multiple kids and then your identity over time becomes 100% that, and then that shifts when they leave. And now you're again in this position of, well, who am I now? And so to your point around having hobbies and having more things that make up who you are, that is always a significant piece or significant pieces of the puzzle because it's never going to serve you to only be the one thing. No, I get, and that's so true when the kids get older. And I just wasn't, I really admire the moms who are great homemakers and I like to bake, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, and I do do topiaries. No, what do I do again? Terrariums. Oh, terrariums. Now, actually, now that I've sort of opened my mind to other things, but I've just not been, I'm not a sort of, I'm not interested in a lot of mom things. I've just not built for it. I don't know. So I admire the moms that can go to school and be the room mom. And I'm terrible at that stuff. I am not type A. I barely, the boys hate everything I cook. (laughs) 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 My dad gets so angry when I tell him that. It's like, wow, really? I mean, that's a bit rude. (laughs) 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 They love everything my mom cooks. (laughs) 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 They they used to call her a good cooker. A good cooker. That's super cute. (laughs) One time I I said something to them that they didn't like. And one of them said, your mom didn't teach you good manners. She's a good cooker, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. I yeah, love but I'm just not a domestic. I'm there you just, are. No, no, you no, are. No, you sell yourself really. short. But I no. wasn't interested. No, yeah. I mean, my, but you're very good at it when you yeah. do it. No, no, no. She's also. So nice. No, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. And it also speaks to the fact that, yeah, it wasn't something that you were craving to do or loving doing, but you do it well. And that also shows, you know. But I don't enjoy that. No, no, and I understand that. But going back to the sciences that you're talking about, you're right. It, it is about, it's ruminating. And we all know how dangerous yeah. that is. It's yes. so dangerous to ruminate because those silences, if you start, if they start being filled with intrusive thoughts, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it about who am I? What have I accomplished? Am I, I'm a loser. All this stuff. It's a killer, you know? And if you're doing and you have fewer silences, just this, the reality of doing is just, it's such a, it, you're almost postponing dealing with those intrusive thoughts to, in a good way. But when you don't have that other job and you don't have plans for that other job and you've given it up and now the kids are asleep, of course, those intrusive thoughts are going to pop up and it's how you deal with it. You know? and, and that that's why I knew when we met, you know, what you gave up, I knew how brutal those, those uh, that ruminating was going to be when you gave it up. And so we would talk about it a lot. We did. And, and it was... And, you know, when we went to Hawaii and it hit you like a ton of bricks, you started journaling, you know. I did journal every yeah. night. And I guess that was the beauty of being somewhere else. A lot of friends gave me journals when I left. 
And oh my gosh, thank God I journaled because I don't want to give too much of the book away, but things happen. I know we need everyone to go read the book, so don't give yeah, too much of the book. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead though. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, afterwards, when I sort of realized a lot of things, I had these journals to look back on. Mm. And, it, and it was almost like, I didn't realize at the time what was happening, but because I had those journals, it was like, wow, I couldn't really see what happened that year. Yeah, yeah. It was very helpful. This episode is supported by Bulldog Online Yoga. Okay, have you started your free 30-day trial? I've been talking about Bulldog, I think every week, close to every week for the past like two months. If you have not started your free 30-day trial, what are you waiting for? <laughs> They're literally offering you 30 days of free yoga online. You can do it through streaming classes, which are live. You can download or stream their workouts, which are recorded. Basically, you can do yoga anytime, day or night for only 12 to 60 minutes. So here's what I love about Bulldog. I used to do hot yoga and it was a 90 minute class. Every single time you went, I had to drive there, which took an extra 15 minutes on either end at least. I always got there early too. So literally it was like a two and a half hour experience by the time all was said and done. And who has two and a half hours to do a workout? Like show of hands, please. I know no one, literally no one is raising their hands from home right now. So I love Bulldog online yoga because I know that you can get amazing benefits from short workouts and short yoga workouts. So as I've been sharing, I do a few yoga stretches every morning before my main workout because hashtag this is 45 and we need to loosen things up before we start moving or mama will pull a muscle real quick. So I've used things I've learned in Bulldog's workouts to do my just warm-ups before my typical workouts. And then I also, once a week at least, do just a yoga workout for my workout for the day. And it's anywhere from 12 to 60 minutes. You know me, I don't love long workouts. So I'm going to be honest here, I never do the 60-minute option. I do the short ones. I do 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. That's all it takes to increase your flexibility. And here's why this is important. Because increasing flexibility makes you less prone to injury. It also just like feels good, but it also makes you less prone to injury. And especially if you are doing repeated things all day, like sitting at a desk or bending over to pick up small children 1000 times a day, you are at much higher risk for injury when you do these kinds of things over and over and over day in, day out for years on end. And yoga can help you with all that. So I highly, highly recommend Bulldog Online Yoga. And if you've been wanting to check out yoga or wanting to bring yoga into your household so you don't need to go to classes, especially during COVID, this is such a fantastic option. You don't have to be intimidated. You don't have to be nervous. You don't have to worry about being the person in class who isn't bendy at all because you're just going to be at home, right? <laughs> so nobody cares. Nobody will know. You can push pause. This is the other thing. I always like push pause when there's new postures. I'm like, hold on, I got to push pause and rewind so I can see that one again. Instead of feeling really foolish in the middle of a class, you can just push pause in the middle of your living room. It's fine. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. You get to try 30 days of free yoga at Bulldog Online Yoga when you go to bulldogonline.com. That's bulldogonline.com. And when you use the code SHAMELESS, you're going to get an extra 50% off your first paid month. So you're going to get your free 30-day trial, then you'll get 50% off your first month. So go to bulldogonline.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS at checkout. You shared something. So I always have guests fill out this little interview form. So I'm just letting our listeners know this and people write all sorts of things on the forms, but um, kind of giving their bio and what they want to talk about and questions and all these things. But 
I rarely pull quotes out of this, but you wrote this beautiful paragraph in your little form. And I was like, typically the form is just for me to get to know you and and kind of put together what I think will be a good conversation. But I was like, no, I'm just pulling this right out and I'm going to read this back. So I want to share something that you said in the leading up to our interview today, because I think it was just really touching in many ways and speaks to what a great writer you are. So this is like a commercial for the book, but you said motherhood is meant to be this panacea for all life's imperfections. And it's a shock for so many of us when we realize that along with the love that's like no other, it's also isolating and at times very mundane, repetitive and labor intensive. Our children are an incredible gift and most often a journey we find ourselves honored to be a part of, but it's not a cure for an alien relationship, the loss of a deep love or the answer to why one's career went sour or just stagnated. And the commitment to one's children, although it's so often filled with joy and deep connection, can also wipe away years of work we spent learning, refining, and digging deeper into our own skill set, be it creative or otherwise. It's that loss that can leave us struggling with what to do and where to go to seek solace. And that's where and when we find ourselves truly lost right at the moment we were meant to lead. Oh my goodness. So this statement, I feel like just exposes so many truths about the duality of joy and loss in motherhood. And nobody prepares you for that loss piece. Nobody tells you, like they tell you you're going to be tired and it's going to be hard, but no one tells you you're going to lose the sense of yourself and you're not going to know how to deal with it. And it's going to take maybe years for you to figure it out. And so can you speak a little bit to why you think we need to be talking more openly about these truths? Yes, I think I can speak a lot to that because you know when I wrote the book, I the big thing always when I wrote it in the forefront of my mind was I wanted to write it like I was talking to my girlfriends, but I had to write this story with a sense of sort of a universality to it. Like I had to write it like I knew just from talking to my friends too that this was a story that we all know. Yeah. And I think I don't think it's a story like this. I don't think this is talked enough about. I mean, yeah, you're right. We all talk about the other things and the good and bad things about mothering. This real loss of identity and the struggle to come back into the world, it's real and it's painful and it's it happens to so many of us and maybe not even just mothers. You know, I spoke to a good friend, a, a friend of mine, and she was talking about um, she was the wife of a diplomat and the diplomat... Uh, left her and then she was no and she was in another country no longer the wife of the diplomat but just a left woman and she did not know who she was anymore so that was her loss and she didn't know where to go or she didn't want to be outside because she just didn't know who that was her position for years and years and years and so it's almost like I guess it's not just motherhood I mean who really whose life really turns out the way they think it's going to Right. And I guess it's embarrassing to talk about and it's admitting that you've failed, but there's so much on the other side of it. So I always wrote the book with the aim that I want to share this story because there's so many women out there who can also share their stories. Right. Sitting around a campfire. I know that's kind of a stereotypical thing, but that is a big reason. That was really the main reason. I mean, look, hey, I'm I'm ambitious like everybody else. Of course, but I couldn't write a story that was just full of narcissism in my story. That wouldn't work. It had to be a recognizable human truth. And that's what I think we should all share with each other. 
Absolutely. And I think that if people knew, like no one wants to tell their best friend who's about to have their first baby, like it's going to be really awful and you're going to lose yourself. (laughs) But I also think if we had a sense that like a gentler version of that was on the horizon, that like we knew that this is a very dramatic and most likely traumatic shift that's about to happen. Like I'm here for you, prepare yourself. Like I didn't understand it. I just think that there's so much opportunity for women to endure motherhood in a different way. If we normalize the sense of loss that comes with it, the sense of loss of identity and how profound that can be. Um, And that doesn't mean to negate the joy or make the joy less. Like the two can exist together. We can love every moment of sitting with our babies and also be completely overwhelmed and confused with who we are and where we're going and how we're going to get there. Yeah. We could just share our stories. I remember my girlfriend telling me, you know, she had a baby much, she had a baby very young, her babies. And she told me like, Oh, the gory details about the vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the people people like to tell. Yeah. I was like horrified and (laughs) fascinated, but I imagine, you know, I'm not saying she's it doesn't matter, but what she told me, and she's like one of my dearest friends, but imagine if she might've also said, and you know, just know that you're going to lose a bit of your own identity and, yeah. and just be cognizant of that and try to take care of that. Right. Or she might've told me a story or something like that, but she was so young. It was a different age, but it's just, I don't know. It's just maybe something we should put in our minds and share. Absolutely. Nestor, I'm curious. I want to know what has it been like watching your wife write this book and seeing her share this, like on the, I don't know if I want to say the other side of the story, but, you know, having gone through this experience and redefining your Shannon's identity. I mean, I'm so proud of her. Obviously it's just, I mean, just to look at her go through what she's been describing now, you know, this pain that so many women are almost like your podcast suggests it's a shameless mom academy of, of are ashamed to even admit, you know, so, mm-hmm. so for Shannon to, you know, like I said, she's an open book. And so this is a pain that I knew, you know, from the outset, mm-hmm. she didn't fully define it until, you know, I probably were in Hawaii and we started journaling and really digging deep. I was I had a front row seat to it. I, I was experiencing it. I was with her. Through and it. you were really understanding. Yeah. But, you know, and only, you know, sort of, yeah, but I wasn't living it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was seeing it, but I wasn't, I hadn't experienced, I had a taste of what you're going through but not even close. I mean, what you're going through was real and deep and it was profound. And so when you started writing the book, I thought, this is great. I mean, it was scary because I, on the one hand, I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to jump into writing a book. She's going to put herself out yet again. You know, as an actor, you put yourself out there and yeah. you take a swing. What if it doesn't work out? Is, mm-hmm. is the crash going to be you know as bad as the first one? I they, did, there were a few crashes. And there were crashes. There were crashes along the way. There was, you know, I mean, there's the pain of, of rejection here and there and initially and all those bumps that you feel as an actor every day, right. you know, she was now feeling as, as a writer too. And I was like, Oh my God, here we go again. You know, this is going to be rough, but, you know, <laughs> but then, but then Shannon, well, no, but then Shannon, <laughs> to her credit, you know, her perseverance, you know, there were several incarnations of the book and she wrote and rewrote and found it and really found it. And finally came upon a draft of the book that she, she was like, I think this is truly what I, my voice, this is mm. really what I want to say. And we're like, all right, you know, I, go out with this, you know, take a swing. So I'm incredibly proud. I mean, it's a very hard story for Shannon to tell. 
she bears it all emotionally. I mean, she's, mm. she's harder on. No, I have to say that it is kind of funny. Too. It's yes, it is peppered with a lot of humor, as Shannon is wont to do, and it is funny. It's very funny. So it's not you're not going to be you know crying all the way through. You'll cry at parts, but hopefully you'll laugh a lot. It's also just fun. Carrie Aaron, who's, who I work with, is an incredible writer on the morning show. She read the book and she said she told me she was. You know what? I read it and I would look forward to reading a chapter every night. It was like my treat at night to go to bed. Right before bed, I'd read a chapter. And that was just, to me, that was the best compliment. I love it. It's like dessert at the end of the day. <laughs> it really was. And Carrie's not a BS. She'll tell how it is. And yeah. she truly connected with it. And I think a lot of women will, and men too, you know, because I think it's important for men to, to see and hear this journey because- yes, yeah. A lot of our friends, male friends have read it. They're like, oh my God, I'm so glad I read this because I didn't understand what, what my, my wife was going through. And, and yeah. I, I think it's, it's a good book for couples. I really do believe it's a good, because it is such a... But it also speaks truths to men because we've, you know, Michael read it and Jorge and... Yes. And they, they spoke a lot, you know, it speaks a lot of truths that you maybe don't want to admit to yourself about the stuff we you were talking about, Sarah, about the wanting to be seen stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you leading the boot camp and the gym. Yeah. Everybody has that in them, right? Absolutely. You've got an amazing Oprah quote, everybody is God somebody, something like that. Um, I don't know if I know that Oprah quote. I thought I knew all of the Oprah quotes. <laughs> I don't think I'm saying it right. <laughs> oh, I know these two sisters. She interviewed these two amazing sisters who gave food to poor every day. Oh, wow. And and she asked them why. And they said, because everybody's got somebody. Mm. Something like that. I love that. And I think that's that's right. Yeah. But some people take it to very extreme yeah. levels. <laughs> God, I'm somebody. Yeah. But also, Shannon, you talked before about like failure, you know, how, how you said you, you said you failed. And yes, in that moment, in that nine-year-old self, in a sense, I guess you failed because you define success as only one thing. And I think that's part of it. It's part of all of our journeys, naturally, is, is to find what that success really is. And it doesn't mean that it's not painful to go through the transition, any less painful. But I think, you know, sort of redefining, and that only comes with living, you know, what success right. is, you know, and meaning. I mean, that's the journey. Yeah. And that you always get to redefine. Like, it's so funny, our definition, like success is a very subjective Right. term. And we could have, a, I know I want to be respectful of your time, but we could have such a huge conversation about what success really means and the way that you were defining it, Shannon, versus like how you would probably define success for yourself now. I think that we get like, that gets to be a really dynamic and fluid thing. And it shifts over the course of our life for sure. And it sometimes shifts from being like metric driven or public facing driven to something very different. And I think that as we age, and I think Nestor, you alluded to that, like as we age, we kind of redefine like what is really important and how do I want to be showing up and moving on in life? I think that's important. I think that's why like your podcast and you, you're an important voice. Oh, because I, really so do, and I know this is going to sound really, it's not all women. In fact, it's a minority of women, but I think some of these voices are really loud, mm -hmm. that there is a sort of silent judgy kind of type of woman around. I live in Hollywood, so maybe that's, I hear it louder. Yeah. But women do still size each other up a lot. Really oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, we've all been in high school, right? We've all been little girls and it still matters somewhere in us. And we've got to stop doing that. Yeah. Look, yeah. And, and, you know, I remember when I was in college, my mentor from my first meeting at theater school, he told me, he said, you judge yourself a lot. 
Mm. The big problem is for us, your teachers, is that you judge others. And I was like, he's right. I do. That's such I, hard feedback. Yeah, it was hard feedback. And I had to, I work on that every day. And that is so true. It's funny because when I am harshly judged, which has happened a few times in my life, and I've learned to see that a lot of times it is coming from a person who is not kind to themselves. And so to try to be like compassionate, even though I might be angry and hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. I know. I mean, I, that's the beauty of being getting older, right? You just, yes. yes. That's the beauty of being 45. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I know, and that is, but you know, even you know, our kids—they're judgy, and oh, we try yeah. to tell them tell the story about when you were the Batman. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I am super guilty of this too. Maybe, <laughs> maybe worse than Shannon. But but there was so. But I got my comeuppance once because I had auditioned for The Dark Knight for you know, and uh, you know, actually when I was on Lost, you know, I was home and I rock our our youngest our oldest son at the time. It's about nine or ten or something like that or eight or nine or something. And he was the only one home and I got off the phone and my manager said, I got the part and I was excited. And I, I ran to, to Rafa and I was like, Rafa, oh my God, I got to tell you something. Well, what is it, Dad? I just got a part in, you know, in the next Batman movie. And he goes, what? Really? Which part? Goes, I'm going to play the mayor. And he goes, when are you going to be Batman? Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was just like, wow, okay. That, you know, and he was, it yeah. was, it was an eight-year-old. I think he was eight. Maybe that 100% would be my son's response. Any eight-year-old, they are not. Yeah. There's only one definition of success for them. And it's being the very top number one. Funny, <laughs> Is that taught or is that something that I is- don't know. No, no, we taught them that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I probably taught them. Oh my goodness. That's a great example. Okay. So one of the last questions or the last question I always ask is how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? So what I'd love to hear is Shannon, how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Nestor, how are you currently showing up as a shameless dad? I'll let you pick whoever wants to go first. I mean, you know, I don't have any, I wish I had any concrete. The only, there's nothing concrete. The only thing I do, I, I realize now as a dad that I've got to stop pretending to be in their eyes, this perfect dad, because oh, I'm so short of that. I don't think you hide Also, that. then they'll think they have, you have to let them know that you're very imperfect. So they have permission to be uh, imperfect. Well, yeah, they don't have a choice because all they see is my imperfections now. And, but now I have no shame. They're good at, they're good at spotting them. They're, and I'm good at showing them. I'm, <laughs> good, I'm good. Like, Here you go. That's the dad you got. And that's, you know. <laughs> So I, I wish I had any, you know, concrete examples. I'm sure. Oh, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, certainly on the cooking front, I'm, I've failed them there on many fronts. <laughs> uh, but I basically now I just said, you know, if I embarrass them, I go, well, it's kind of my job. It's kind of my yeah, job. 100%. I love that's a great way to be a shameless dad. Yeah, it's embarrassing, true. especially teenagers. Like, I mean, oh. it sounds one's older, but a 16 year old, like go oh. all in on the embarrassment. Oh no, it's now I take too much pleasure. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Shannon? Okay, so I think I'm getting the concept right. Is there's that no I, right or wrong? I am shamelessly non-helicoptery. Mm. Yeah. Is that a good thing? Is that the way to say? I love it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although that's well, Mr. did cause this in me because we happen to have, especially with our youngest son, we had a quite a helicoptery uh, group of parents. And uh, for the <laughs> when they were younger, you signed up for volunteer spaces. And it was really hard because they would rush a lot of the <laughs> It was competitive volunteering. Yeah, they would rush. And Nessa would say to me, just 
hold back, baby, hold back, hold back. <laughs> so I wouldn't get in there. Yeah, so then all the slots would be filled. All the slots would be filled. Right. I have totally done that with things. <laughs> you know, when there were, I mean, I would have volunteered to be the mom who went on the field trips, but my kids were like, don't you dare, don't you dare. <laughs> And I think we've given them much more freedom than a lot of our friends we have. I'm, I'm more guilty of the helicopter than Chad. You're much better about that than me because, yeah, I'm pretty bad. You know, in Australia, we didn't really get helicoptered at all. Wow. At all. No, we were actually in very dangerous situations. <laughs> we got ourselves out of it. We just went into the bush. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what did you do? I and got lost. Well, I'm glad you're still with us, Shannon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I would be on the ocean and the shark alarms would go Oh, my off. gosh. My, like, mommy protective mode is, like, going. My little spidey senses are going off right now. crazy. But I, it was a gift, really. And I do try to do that with, I did that with both boys. And I must say though, we, um, we do give our kids a long leash, but we drug test. Oh, this yeah. is so interesting. Do you have it? Can I, I, I know we're past time. So tell me to shut up whenever. No, can, no, no. can you expand? Like, tell me about that. Well, I don't want you to expose information. That's just, no one has ever said that about the way they're showing up as a shameless mom. No, but I think it's a really good point Shannon brings up because, and hopefully this really helped us out. You know, kids now, teenagers, especially as they get a little bit older, even younger teenagers is certainly here in LA. And I think anywhere, you know, they're surrounded by it. They're surrounded by partying. I mean, it's everywhere. Drugs, drugs, alcohol, vaping, everything. It's everywhere. It's everything. And and so, you know, of course, you know, you know, unless you shelter the kid at home, they're going to be exposed to it. So, once, you know, there was an incident and no, we won't say, but what we'll say, there was an incident and we actually went to our doctor, our pediatrician who specializes in, you know, on all of this stuff. And he goes, listen, he specializes in addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go, what's your school of thought? Do you go more sort of the European style where you're permissive or what is your theory? Not permissive. I mean, not permissive, but I guess it is permissive. Yeah. Well, you just say it's like, you know, would you let him have a drink casually? And his feeling was, he goes, Absolutely not. He goes, I think at this age, it's you do everything you can, abstinence as much as you can. He goes, and I even, you know, and I'm even very conservative about, you know, marijuana in particular. He goes, as, you know, mm-hmm. as a doctor, he goes, I know the effects of marijuana on the brain if you do it habitually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brain is developing up until you're 24. Mm-hmm. And you're now in California, it's legal at 21. He goes, I don't know why that law is, is legal now. And the kids are doing it at yeah. 12. Yep. And it's not uncommon. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. And the, he was saying that literally two puffs a week, literally a big puff mm-hmm. and another one will keep the, what is it called? TH. I mean, oh, I remember. I can never get the letters right. THC will stay in your brain, the fatty tissue of your brain. Now, if you just do those two puffs a week and continue weekly, you've got marijuana or the THC in your brain constantly. It's not going out of your brain. Right. And that brings your IQ down 10 points. Over time. Over time. It also brings your grade levels down. And I, we've both seen the effects of long-term marijuana use. Yeah. And I think, I mean, oh. I mean, we weren't in danger personally with this, with, you know, mm-hmm. thankfully we weren't, but we wanted to get ahead of it. And so the one thing that we got was the advice from this, from our doctor was like, listen, you know what? You can drug test him. And he goes, that way the onus is off of you and off of your kid. Because now the kid, when he, he or she goes to the party and they offer him something or her something, they can say, oh, I wish my jerk of a dad or mom uh, <laughs> randomly drug test me. So I can't. So they get kind of a, a pass. You know, it sucks for them. 
Because the peer pressure is immense. It's massive. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Yeah. So it, it has worked out. You can get them on Amazon. They're not expensive. You know, they're pretty reasonable. You get packets of them. And, and we, for us, at least the random thing seems to have worked out. Yeah, because then they can go out and they can still go and be social and, you know, and be free. Mm-hmm. But at least we, because we can't watch them the whole time, but at least we can randomly test them mm-hmm. and we can know that they're not doing that. I so appreciate you sharing that because that's something that hasn't come up on the show. It's just something that hasn't happened to come up. And I think that's really, really valuable and interesting. And I think something that's, I know, well, I know that piece of this conversation will be significant to other parents. So I really appreciate you being open about that. Oh my goodness. We have covered so much ground (laughs) and I so appreciate you taking the time. I'm really, really grateful. Tell us where we can get the book, Shannon, all is not lost. You can get it really anywhere books are sold, but online is great. You know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, it's... But mostly you can oh. Amazon, but, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble. All the major. And you can have the a major bookstore, sale. you know, be at bookstores, you can have them order it. Okay. Also, you can go to my website. There's a lot of really fun stuff on that. I will link to that. This will all be linked in the show notes for our listeners. So we'll put the website there. And I have that, right? Shannon Kenny Carbonell? Dot com. Dot com, Yes. Yeah, there's some great things there. There's some little home movie, a home movie there when the kids were little, and there's some surprise appearances by some lost members. <laughs> oh, how fun! Really fun. So and fun. Uh, maybe it's a bit indulgent. I don't know. Okay. We, we love seeing our kids all. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, that'll tell you. Sorry, all the place the book is sold. Awesome. And, and it is basically everywhere. I love it. And Nestor, where can people find you? Uh, um, if I'm not at home, I am. Uh, currently shooting the second season of the morning show, which yes, we hope will come out in the fall. We're hoping in the fall. I will tell you when, so we talked pre-record before we started recording this about my love for the morning show and how I want it to be much more like, I want everyone to watch it. And when we were, my husband and I were watching, I kept saying like, there can't be a second season because I feel like this is going to wrap up and like, that's going to be the end of the story. And then at the end of the first or the last episode, it said that there was another season coming or maybe I Googled it, but regardless, I was so excited. So we will keep an eye out for the second season of the morning show on Apple plus. Is it Apple plus Apple TV? It's really good. Isn't it? I love it. So good. Thrilled awesome. to be a part of it. Thank you. Yes. Well, and I think, again, this is another thing I would love to talk forever about. I think that the layers of storytelling in that around what happens with women in the workplace and the silencing of women in the workplace is just, it's such a huge and necessary conversation. And so I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah. And, do, and don't you love that uh, Carrie Aaron, the writer, she's brave enough to also do it from the man's point of view. Yes. I love that too. Yeah. I was actually like, and for people who haven't watched it, Steve Carell plays a, a character that's loosely based on Matt Lauer, if I'm saying that correctly, Nestor. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you want to hate him, but then there's these moments where you're like, mm, he's, he is likable at times. And like, you want it to be really black and white. And then you get to this point where you're like, I mean, I hate that this part happened. And also there's parts of him that are still a likable person at times. And the same about Jennifer Aniston's character too. Right. right. And the, and between so them, the scene, they have some scenes, her and Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. The chemistry is amazing. Yeah. They're, they're like that moment to moment, we were actors, but that moment to moment stuff they have together yeah. is really compelling. Yeah. 
And Nestor, your relationship in that show. Oh my God. I mean, I'm not going to take your time gushing. That will be, no, we'll, we'll be done with the gushing now. I want to gush about Shannon, about the book. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you, Shannon, for oh. writing this book, because this is a book that needs to be out there. And I know that it's going to be so captivating because you are layering in your personal experience, which is so relatable with this really profound, amazing experience, intertwining things into being a part of having your family be a part of lost and being in Hawaii. So I want everyone to go read the book. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate both of you. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, thank you Sarah. Sarah. Thank I you appreciate so that you having us on. Yes, thank absolutely. You. Thank you. Mamas, before I let you go, one last reminder to get yourself registered for the Shameless MomCon Collective. If you are in need of a place to come to reignite your spark, reclaim your joy, and live your life more loudly, the Shameless MomCon Collective is for you. And early bird pricing ends at the end of this week, and I don't want you to miss out on that. So to get in on the best pricing and the best bonuses and all the goodies, go over to shamelessmom.com slash momcon. That's shamelessmom.com slash momcon. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 